So welcome to episode 15 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Hill. Hey. Sabine. Hi. And we have a new guest panel member, Carlin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt, Kata, and myself. That's it. We're all here. As of this day, all who join hands are bound together as one, brothers and sisters to the end. So episode 15, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by Lawrence Wilson. And we'll have the episode notes read out by Colin. While in danger of being caught by the locos in the forest, Oi is rescued by a mysterious girl named Tizan. Bray finds himself deeper in the middle of an unwelcome feud between Trudy and Celine when Trudy finds out that Celine accompanied Bray in their retrieval of water. Once Chloe and Tizan make it back to the mall, a party is thrown to celebrate Chloe's homecoming. But while it is a festive event for some, for others it spells heartbreak. So, first impressions, what, what does everyone think about this episode? Me and Hill are just saying that we literally like it. We think it's a yeah. great one. This is a good one. We agreed on something, Liz. <laughs> I know! We're, we're great! Yeah, it's a classic episode. It even has that classic tribe cliffhanger at the end. <laughs> we were Liz and I were also talking, maybe it was just me, but I mentioned it, that like we're only 15 episodes in. Like In the grand scheme of things, we're still very much in the beginning of the show. But it seems like so much more has happened. Like, mm. you know, like this is like way up at the beginning. And yet it seems like it's not. We feel like we've grown. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think the characters at this point, you kind of know their personalities. And now is exciting for now on for future episodes to see how they deal with certain situations based on knowing about them. And they're actually at the point where we are at. Because we're bringing in new people, they're bringing in new people. <laughs> oh, look, it's like that was planned. Good job, team. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> it's very quotable. There are so many good quotes in here. There are. Oh, uh, yeah. If this is the beginning of their group, it's a well-earned beginning. You know, you could almost argue that everything up until this moment was the prologue. And mm -hmm. now this is the actual beginning of the tribe. And I think it's really cool that we got to see that because another show would have just started with the group right now at this moment being stuck together yeah. and we would have to guess at what happened before you know but we got to yeah. see it we literally got to see them all come together the tribe definitely plays that long game of like yes. they don't they, they don't give you anything spoon for fed they just kind of drag it out not saying that's a bad thing but 15 episodes in we're getting a name we're finally a tribe but yet we've been hanging out for what 14 episodes with the tribe it's never about the destination it's always about the road trip yeah mm. yeah uh, they don't have a choice it's, it's 52 episodes <laughs> i know some shows this would be it like they'd be in the the last few episodes of their season and these guys have barely dipped their toes in <laughs> right 
it it's still so strange for me that this is episode 15 because when i watched it for the first time we had double episodes over here so our season one had 26 episodes mm -hmm. so this was just a part of another episode oh yeah i think i realized that today well i mean yeah. I know when it aired first here in the U.S., like, it was two episodes they would play, but there would be, like, episode one, commercial break, episode two. There was no commercials during the show. Yeah. So it was very clear they were ep there were different episodes. They just played at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, over here, they just, they left out the music, and they just continued on without, an, without any commercial breaks. Wow, that really has to change your perception of the episode. Because our, our Dutch DVDs of season one are also just 26 episodes. Hmm. It's interesting. Very interesting. But it definitely, you know, shows how they filmed every, all these episodes very consecutively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and then later we're like, oh, this is where we're going to cut this in half <laughs> in the episode. No wonder you have so many cliffhangers. Yeah. It's, it's kind of filmed like a soap opera. I do have a question about it, though. Um, since, you know, here in America, it's unheard of to film any TV show with this many episodes. And even mm -hmm. in this order, you know, the way they do it, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I remember at the time wondering if this was just a New Zealand thing. <laughs> because I'd, I'd never come across anything like it before. The consecutive filming and the fact that the sh every episode is literally just the next moment. Moment to moment to moment. And as long as it went on and I was just like I could I it took me ages to even keep track of the seasons because I couldn't fathom there was that many yeah. episodes in a season I'd never heard of anything like that and I was just like what is it like in other countries how do they do their TV shows mm -hmm. yeah but I wonder if the like the filming in order was also just because they had the space to do it yeah most most likely you know like they didn't have to run out and also because of like the just the ages of the cast too just a week of consecutive filming and then you cut it into episodes yeah which is crazy like that's just crazy yeah but it's interesting you got i mean we've never oh, seen yeah. anything like it before Ooh. they wanted to create something new and they did that they did like looking back like the hour days and just the days must have been crazy it's shoot like, like that hour tv but it's good <laughs> it's yeah you know yeah. what i mean it's like reality tv with a plot that's good you know, that's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really find it as like a, a opera. <laughs> yeah. It is it really is a teenage soap opera. As much as it cringes to say that, but fifteen credits for a stray. Hey you So um the episode kicks off with Chloe's luck running out as she is spotted by the Locos and pursued for the reward of 15 credit for a stray. Uh, and yeah, that's a really interesting line because that throws up a lot of questions all at once. Um, what were your thoughts when you first heard that line? Because um, what does this tell us about like the internal structure of the Locos, about how they share resources, and where do you think they spend these credits on? Like, what are your thoughts when you first heard that? Awesome booze. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it does explain. It explains the casino that Lex had yeah. mentioned to yeah. Paul. Like outside of the mall, these bigger tribes, you know, because they're so big and they can compete with each other, they're able to coexist and safely, you know, have a barter system between them. 
and uh, but it also says what their opinion is of people who aren't part of those bigger tribes we've seen what happens to you if you're on the street um you're just a stray and uh it does let you know that the other tribes are they've got some system going some kind of system of government happening out there it's still probably a mess but it, it it does exist and it's another reminder that the world is spinning outside of the mall it's evolving still isn't like one of the anthropologists like kippendorf or something like one of their structures of like a society is a barter slash buying system where there are credits in place or like a form of currency i think so i think i don't know but i think there is like yeah some mm-hmm. scientists at one point was like, you know, in order to have like a clear cut society or like a civilization, you have to have like this, that, and the other thing. And one of those is a form of yeah economy, yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. Yeah. One's economy, one's religion, and there's something else I've forgotten. Yeah, but that's yeah, you're spot on. It's actually something that comes back in a later season as well, because I think it's in a discussion between Luke and Ebony at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it just shows that these kids, like, aren't dumb. Like, they realize that they've got to have this system in place, I guess. It's the first hint you get at slavery economy as well. Um, We've seen what happens to strays who get picked up in the street the first episode. That's That's why Amber saves Chloe. You know, it's not safe to get picked up by these tribes in the street. Um, We see that that's why Lex and his gang have to run from the Locos. Uh, so it really adds the emphasis to what being a stray means in this world. It's not a good thing. It's dangerous. We have seen um, the locos barge in to someone's residence and take them away in chains, tying them to poles. And uh, so what else is a stray but most likely a slave in this world? And that's, I mean, think about it. 15 credits for a stray. That's basically a slave catcher term right there. You know? <laughs> Being a stray is not a good thing. Not a good thing. And, like, that also, it also forms, like, the tribes. Like, you're not a part of a, a thing. And if you're not a part of a tribe, you're worth, like... Nothing. Diminishing. Yeah, like, it diminishes your worth in society. Which is also a lesson for people and kids, I guess, too. And it's not just any tribe. You need to be, like, was as we'll learn in the, you know, as episodes go on, you need to be part of a tribe that the other big tribes actually acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Can't just be like, well, we have a tribe because they'll be like, we've never heard of you. You don't exist. Therefore you don't have value and we can do whatever we want to you. You can't be in the wrecking crew. Yeah. Or the mode. Or the mode. <laughs> All those one-off tribes that we never got to see. Because we'll later have to see, we'll see the Marats having to fight just to prove that they are a tribe who should be validated. And yeah. they, you know, they need Ebony to speak for them, because as far as anyone else is concerned, we haven't heard of you, so you're not a tribe. You don't basically exist. Yeah, like this show is so heavy on the Mallrats, and yet up until this point, they're not a tribe, and really, they haven't earned their worth until the end of the season, too. You know, yeah. remember how we were mentioning that these guys—it's all about society. That's what the mall is. It's a society. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lance had made a really good comment about now that they have their own laws, what are they going to do about getting people outside of their tribe to obey their laws? And they can't, obviously. And, and of course, we'll see this in season two, but what we're looking at really is a country forming its own independence. And, and when you see it compared to the rest of the city, we as a country, like as the world, we have to decide whether a country exists 
like jointly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can't just say, oh, these 106,000 square acres I live on is my own country. You know what I mean? Like you can't do that. It doesn't mean anything until it's validated by other people. They have to agree that, yes, that's your country and you have the rights to your country. And so that's what the Marats are going to have to do. They can say they're a tribe. They can form a tribe. But as far as the outside world is concerned, they don't exist until the outside world like validates their existence. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's how civil wars start. <laughs> yeah, like we're a country. No, you're not. <laughs> Says who? Says we. We say we're a country. Yeah, well, the rest of us don't even say, say that. <laughs> no. What about you? My story is not important, except that it brought me to you. Thank you for saving me. It was written, just as it is written that I must follow you. Follow me? But I'm lost. Often when people say they're lost, they're just not listening hard enough. Listening to what? Their heart. If you had to choose a path, which way would you go? So let's uh, move on to our first new member of the tribe. So um, Koi is obviously rescued by this mysterious stranger, Pai San. Um, she's a wanderer who's very spiritual and she says a lot of quotable things in this episode. <laughs> so what were your first impressions of Tai San? Okay, first I thought she looked fabulous. I love the look. Loved everything. I great. love her costume. It's really <laughs> just a great guru-ish look to her. Um, sunglasses. <laughs> she looks fantastic. But I have to admit, like the moment she tells Chloe that it doesn't matter where she came from, I was like, oh, that means the writers don't know where you came from. Yeah, yet. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like sweeping things under the rug, like because the writers were probably just like, wait, she's a person. Here's our person. Yep. This is a great concept for a character. We have no idea how she formed, but she's here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of TV shows, when they do that, it's like, oh, here's a new character because a character, some one of the characters are going to leave, and eventually one of them do. <laughs> yeah. After all these years, I still am a big fan of the conspiracy that fights kind of place there. Watching the show the first time around, like, didn't know that conspiracy theory. But then watching it again, there was a line that made me think of it. What's the conspiracy theory? Please fill, and fill me in. That Tai San was with the Technos from day one. Yeah. <laughs> that's I'm not so buying that. <laughs> really? Oh, no, that's really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, all right, whatever. Okay, I can't remember it. Really, really. Is it? I'm not buying it. Hey, and, and, and yeah. it fits in with 15 credits for a stray, because that's something the tech would say about a tour. Um, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not even touching that. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet the Technos... Yeah, I'm, okay. <laughs> but also, like, you know, we we say that, you know, she's dismissing the store, like, the questions because she doesn't, like, the writers didn't know, but she could also be dismissing them because she is secretly a techno. Right. You know, and, like, where she says, I was hoping you'd tell me, what are you doing here in the woods? Like, you know, hey, I'm a techno trying to scoop you up. Right, because that totally matches the rest of her actions for the next three seasons. Yeah, and technos. I'm sorry, you guys. That is one of the most. This is the most really ridiculous things I have ever heard. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I wish you seen. Technos are not known to have spies. I've drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is right up there with people wondering why is that sign back there? Yeah. Is there an actual nuclear bomb in the mall? Hey, no, I proved no. that one. I proved that. There is no bomb in the mall. <laughs> Tyson was not secretly a techno. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my. I need a minute. Oh my word. 
That's so many theories. <laughs> I don't I don't mind a theory, but come on, you can't base your theory on one little piece of evidence and ignore all of the other evidence that doesn't support it. You can't. Choose a mole. That's not That's how theories work, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's like deciding your spouse must be cheating on you because they had one conversation on Facebook with somebody about coffee. Even though they and never yet- leave the house and they never dress or get showered, <laughs> they are not cheating on you. People do. No. Lance, where do you think? Where do you stand? Be the tiebreaker. I, I don't agree with it. I think it's an interesting theory, but yeah, I don't buy into it. But I, I think it is... I understand why people came up with it because of like her dreams of Eagle Mountain. and I, I can't understand where it came from, but yeah, I don't agree with it, but no. Join us. Titan is mysterious yeah. because one, they really didn't know, you know what she was when they wrote her. And she remains mysterious because they never bothered to fill in the gaps as to where she came from. And so I can understand why people are like, there must be something more to her. And it's like, no, there isn't. This is what they created and they didn't really come up with anything to explain it. And then they didn't feel like they had to. And she never got a backstory, you know, because that was supposed to be part of her mystique. But nothing about Tysan supports the techno theory. Nothing. No, we're not jumping. That She was there for three seasons before the technos even show up. You cannot ignore those three seasons to support your one little theory. I'm sorry, you can't. You cannot ignore three seasons of development of a character to just say, you know, this one thing supports that she must have been a techno. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't think the technos were even formed. To be fair, if, you don't know that, that though. We never see the technos before. They, they found the antidote. Why would she like leave at that point? Like, just devil's advocate here like if she was a spy why would she leave at that point why would she even stay if she was a spy what what does what did it serve her to hang out with these people these failures okay what does what purpose does it serve is she supposed to drag them into slavery because she doesn't do anything with them i didn't say she was a good spy (laughs) (laughs) just saying Oh, she could be God. like a double agent working for the technos, but also like maybe feeding into the the Marat theory. Hey, yeah, she managed to get them to to Eagle Mountain, and well, that's how you dispose of people. I mean, I think I've actually lost respect for you. At this point. Oh. <laughs> I can't, I can't even believe that you're like on board with this. Like, <laughs> like Sabine, how long have I known you? <laughs> how is this possible? This is like when my mother told me she liked Twilight. I'm like, I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Titan herself, what do you think about her like herbal healing and knowledge? Did you find that was a pretty cool thing to introduce into the show? I think it was that a was very cool. smart thing to introduce. In a in a world that doesn't have any regular medicine anymore, except for what you can find, it's great that they fo- found a way. Yeah. To bring someone in with that knowledge. Yeah, I thought it was awesome as well. Just to have someone with such a different uh, mindset than the rest of the tribe. Because they clearly don't think that way. <laughs> no. It's what was missing from their society. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, and in all ways, it does, will, it will put a wrench in the plans. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty, like, Tyson's original purpose, I think, was to bring in that knowledge. And then she just kind of stuck around because she's secretly a techno but whatever <laughs> but I, I i am glad that they brought that that's what this this society was missing you know this aspect of it and it really does 
because you do think at this moment that the Mallrats might be just about complete and something about Tysan coming in does complete them. You know what I mean? How she does not acknowledge logic or pragmatism. She believes in faith and seeing what is not to be seen. And think about it. No one has ever mentioned them having a name, you know? And it took this girl to just show up and say, well, I'm here. And this is the reason I'm here. She's the first person to bring up a purpose for their existence. You know, and that is necessary to any society. You need people who, they don't require logic or rules or explanations. You know what I mean? They just simply believe in something. And that is what pushes them forward. And uh, sure, it can get you into trouble, but it's still necessary, you know, in our humanity. So bring up, because you said about religion, now we have, you know, our economic situation. We've got our... Um, our religion, got our science and technology. I don't know. What else are we missing here? Spiritualism is the one thing that was missing. Belief. Going back to our anthropological study of the tribe. You know, people who believe in the ley lines, because there's some truth to all of it. And just like we talked about how every aspect of society has a plus, everyone has a minus. So Tysana is going to bring good things to the tribe, but we'll also see the negatives of some of her blind beliefs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, most and- definitely. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be fun. I thought she was cool when I first saw her. You know, I was like twenty years old, and I was in my non-judgmental phase, and uh, <laughs> I thought she was awesome. But then I got a little older, and some of it just started to feel a bit pretentious. And I felt like this was a child who was imitating the adults that she had known who lived this way. And I've even met people who have these temporary principles in their lives um, until it becomes inconvenient and then they will find a whole new reason to leave that principle behind and uh, it's like people who are rich enough to believe that stones cure them of their ills because they have money they can believe in that kind of crap but if you're poor you're like a rock in the yard ain't gonna cure my cancer you know what I mean like that's what she started to remind me of as I got older a little bit i'm like oh she has no idea what she's talking about she's just parroting what she's heard people say and it sounds great but look how many times she's going to contradict herself because she doesn't know what she's actually talking about when it comes to some of these subjects you know she's just regurgitating what was taught to her growing up yeah i agree still love her but yeah (laughs) i was just thinking because we're going to jump to darren a minute but like do you think it was a bit of a missed opportunity that the two didn't clash. Like, we didn't really get much. Um, her and Dao? Yeah. Because of, like, Dao of the medicine and her of the, like, herbal, like... That would have been an interesting, like, dynamic to see. Yeah. I think the reason she and Dao don't clash, where she and uh, Jack do, is because Dao is so pragmatic. you know, pragmatic. He doesn't really care how you cure the illness. Just cure it. You know what I mean? Where Jack, he's more hung up on, no, it has to follow this sort of idea. You know, he's more principled in his idea of belief and the idea that Tysan might be right, even though she's following something completely different. So he's the one who ends up clashing her there, where Dal's just like, hey, if it fixes the problem, it fixes the problem. <laughs> I don't really care how, you know? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he thinks she's crazy, but if her crazy fixes something, Dal's on board. Yeah, I, I think Dale would have clashed maybe a little bit more with her if he wasn't at the farm so much in that next season. Possibly. Or maybe, like, 
in the base of Dal's character, there's a little bit of admiration for Tyson too, though. Because he obviously sees a need for the natural realm and the farm and everything. Like, he's got to know some of that, you know, herbal stuff. Like, so maybe that's why they don't clash is because they do have a mutual respect almost. I mean, Dal has already shown that he does have a respect for nature. He recognizes the resources in nature and how important it is. I mean, he's the one who wanted to leave the city and go live in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. He wanted yeah. to live So I think he sees, her. like, the need of Tyson. Yeah. So, yeah, she's did nothing about her is offensive to him. He's just like, yeah, she takes it a little too far, but she's right about how useful all of this is. And then again, Dal doesn't get offended by much. He's very live and let live. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Apart from unhumble Jack. I am a genius. Yeah, well. <laughs> Dal, wait! I didn't mean like that. Obviously, you played your part too. Thanks. I was in the driving seat, but you were the best assistant I could have wished for. It's always a pleasure to serve Jack. So yeah, let's talk about that um, and Dal getting really fed up with Jack not acknowledging his role in basically all their projects and Jack's big head. <laughs> so, like, what do you think about Dal just sniping at him throughout the whole episode? <laughs> I kind of like broody Dal. Like, you never really see him, and then all of a sudden he's just, like, upset. Dal is so, like, the king of passive aggression. Yeah. He won't, he won't just tell you what you did to upset him. He just gets snotty, and you're like, what is right. wrong with you? <laughs> Is it your monthly Dal? (laughs) (laughs) Comes out of nowhere with him and you didn't know what you did because he won't tell you. You know, he's the one in the argument. He goes, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) But I also like how like later in the episode where things aren't working and he's just like, well, you know, it's not going to work. So because you want all the glory, why don't you go tell Lex this isn't working? Because he's just like... Ah, yeah, like, he, it is. It's very passive-aggressive. Because he's, sitting, he's been sitting on it all afternoon, irritated yeah, oh, yeah. Jack, and trying to figure out how to get back at Jack. And he was like, and something hits him, like, oh, you know what? Okay, he wants to be the boss. He wants to be the idea guy. He wants to take all the credit. Oh, he can have all the credit. <laughs> like, it's the best way of getting back at Jack. Like, once again, the long game. Like, ah. I just love how they spend the whole afternoon bickering like a couple. <laughs> Like Jack, Jack is literally trailing after him. Like yeah. Pepper, Pepper, what did I do? And she's like, Tony, Pepper I'm not talking to you. Tony. Yeah, <laughs> we saw this in Iron Man Two or something. Like he's <sighs> trying to make it up to Pepper because he knows he can't do it without her. He can't run the company out without her. That's why she's the CEO. And she's like, Tony, I can't even deal with you right now. And that's Dow all afternoon, and Jack's chasing it, trying to figure out. How to <laughs> Can someone it. please Photoshop? <laughs> Tony Stark and Pepper Potts over Jack and Dal. Like, that'd be the funniest thing ever. But I totally feel Dal's frustration. I would be very irritated if, you know, Jack does have the great ideas, and that's awesome. But I would be very angry if the only reason his ideas worked was because I made them work and he gave me no credit for it. Like, if it wasn't for me, it would still be just an idea in your head, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, that would, that would bug me. That would upset me uh, quite a bit. And I mean, I think Dal has every right to be a little upset with Jack because they are working as a team. And then he's just like, Jack wants all of the glory and not really giving Dal his due. 
I know. I mean, it wasn't Adele who found the whole sand and, you know, yeah. filter while Jack was still yeah. trying to figure out how to make it work. And it was Dal who was like, ta-da. And here's Jack going, I'm the genius. I figured it out. It's like, no, you didn't, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> just because you had the idea doesn't mean you made it work. You couldn't have Dal done it just Dal. The humble guy. So he doesn't take the credit for it. But he really should. But the thing is, that's another lesson you should learn. Like, we're taught as children that we should be humble and that we shouldn't boast. But here's Dal. Look how angry and resentful he is being the person who doesn't speak up and say, no, I want to take credit for this. We've seen that passive aggression with Amber. We've seen it and how we talked about whether or not he feels um, emasculated you know, due to his size and his relationship with Amber. And now here he is with Jack, once again, being shunted to the side. And instead of just saying straight up how he feels, he keeps resorting to passive aggression and, you know, stews in his annoyance and his resentment until he can find a way to get back at this person just a little bit, you know, and he does it. We saw him with Amber. I don't have an opinion on this. This is your problem. I don't want to be involved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because he's mad at having to stay at the mall in the first place. And now he's giving it to Jack. And it's going to take Dal a while to learn to speak up. And, and of course, it's going to take Jack a while to admit, I need you. I need you in my life. <laughs> yeah. So that's the great part about their friendship is they kind of blend in together and they learn these lessons because of their fallouts. They're probably my favorite couple, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd ship it. Come on, they actually deal with their problems. <laughs> I mean, it gets ugly sometimes, but I really do love them. <laughs> the only healthy relationship they have. That's, that's a bromance right there. So let's move on to one of my favorite Lex moments and lines. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all end in tears. I love that. Yeah. Um, so we've talked quite a lot about the Celine Bray, Trudy situation, but let's talk about the actual surrounding situation because I found this quite interesting that Amber didn't want Celine to go with Bray to help fetch the water for the tribe. Um, and why I find it interesting is because it kind of goes against the whole sexist uprising that they all they staged just like an episode or so ago. Um, so why in particular do you think that she did not want Celine to go? Uh, is it because she was trying to keep that harmony of the tribe together? Or do you think it was her own personal feelings beginning to bubble up about Bray? I think it's both. I mean, while she can keep her feelings for Bray pretty under wraps and try not, they, they don't really control how she acts. You know, I'm not going to deny that she certainly isn't, if she can't have Bray, she certainly doesn't want Celine to have Bray. You know, and she's not going to encourage that. And she does seem really adamant to keep Celine out of it. And I honestly don't think it's 100% for Trudy's sake. Um, I think in part it's, look, if Amber's willing to sacrifice her happiness and not chase after Bray, she certainly isn't going to want to watch another girl do it. You know what I mean? So I do think on some part she just doesn't want Celine going for it because she can't have it. And then, of course, the other half is she really doesn't want to disrupt the harmony. And she knows that Celine going chances that. And she's just like, but it's also a sign of her control issues. You know, she can't just stay out of it. <laughs> she can't yeah. let it go. <laughs> yeah. To me, it always seemed like she really just didn't want to deal with the meltdown Trudy would have over it. And she wasn't wrong because if Trudy immediately goes to her and freaks out about it. Like it's somehow Amber's responsibility. To keep this all going, you know. Amber tries really hard to keep the group together. Like, 
almost I, to the point where it's almost like, is it worth it? Like, <laughs> I, I did have to laugh though. It's one of my favorite Amber lines when Trudy does go to Amber. <laughs> Why come to me anyways? I'm admin, not marriage guidance. Yeah, that's uh, I. I really like that moment um, when you start looking at Lex, as you mentioned, what's going on around this ridiculous triangle happening forming the cyclone of emotion mm-hmm. and um i was thinking about lex mm-hmm. now we already saw him try it on with celine and uh you know zandra put the kibosh on that immediately and of course he tries it again but this time i don't really feel like he was really committed to it at this point i kind of think that lex is doing it just because he knows it pisses off zandra oh totally um because he's He's, he's definitely at this point kind of flirting with Celine in a way that's just to get Zandra's attention, you know, and because he doesn't seem like he's committed to getting with Celine or anything. You, goes, you brought that up like episodes ago where it's that's the game. Like, yeah, that's the game, you know, it's <laughs> the game they play and they that's how they do it. So, you know, Zandra is always telling him, get it together. You can't have me, blah, blah, blah. But the minute she sees him with another girl, she comes flying out of the woodwork. She smells it out right away and she gives him attention. And then he just smirks as she stomps off. <laughs> He's been reaffirmed. She still wants me. <laughs> he still wants me. And I love him observing all of this going down with Trudy and Celine and Bray and he, how amused he is by it. Because, you know, he doesn't like Bray. So... If this is going to make Bray's life miserable, this is fun for Lex, you know. Oh, yeah. And it'll all end in tears. I love that, the way he delivers that. I just like how he leans into Amber and he's like, hey, this is where we're all going to end in tears. Like, when Celine shows up to help with the water, look at Lex's face. He knows how uncomfortable Bray is and he is loving oh, yeah. this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> Oh my gosh. It's so awkward, you know, because Bray's, Bray, you know, Bray's like, okay, sure, Celine, you can help. But at the same time, you can tell he's nervous because he can't trust these girls. He can't trust whether or not they're being sincere or they're trying to lead him into an emotional trap because that's what Trudy keeps doing to him. You know, Trudy will be sincere with her emotions and then he'll let down his guard and be vulnerable with her. And then shoot, she snatches him in a trap. And then he's like, damn it, you know, why did I trust you? And he's looking at Celine the same way, like, uh, yeah, you can come along. You're going to behave. <laughs> You're not going to use any emotional blackmail on me, are you? You know, and and he still got trapped because think about it. They go for the water and he's like, wow, thanks for coming, Celine. You were right. We needed the extra hands. And then she immediately goes, I didn't come to help with the water. I need to talk to you. And you can see his face like, no, <laughs> no, please, no. And then she has a go at him and he doesn't even try. He just stares at her like, I give up. I hate you girls so much. Oh, but the look on his face when Celine tells him that it's even worse that he's sleeping with her when he doesn't even care about her. The you know, on I feel bad for Bray there because right? I, I don't know about you guys, but this often happens, especially with females. Yeah. But you get a reputation that you didn't earn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. And mm-hmm. you can get a bad reputation yep. very easily. You can live your life straight and narrow. And all it takes is one misunderstanding to change your reputation. One action. And I imagine for Bray, he takes high offense to this. Because what we know about Bray, he only sleeps with women he's fallen in love with. You know what I mean? Like, he does not sleep around. And he doesn't think well of people who do. Which is why he slut shames Trudy when he finds out she only slept with his brother despite him. And why did he sleep with Ebony then? I think he really had deep feelings for her. 
You know, he didn't have a reason not to. She was his high school sweetheart girlfriend. If the virus yeah. hadn't happened, who knows? Those two would have gone to prom together. You know what I mean? He would have never seen the sides of her that he doesn't like. They would have been fine. You know, I think he did mm -hmm. care about Ebony. It really broke his heart to see the person she was underneath the sweet girl he thought she was. And I just think that's also why he, they always have that tension, you know, because he's still hoping to see that sweet girl, but blah, blah, blah. My point is, Bray doesn't sleep around. And to be accused of it so casually from people who don't know him, you know, that, that's what, that he would be willing to do that. That he would uh, sleep with a girl just for the heck of it. That people are so quick to think that about him. To the point, he doesn't even want to prove him wrong. He's just like, get out of my face if that's what you really think of me. Because it's not who he is, you know? And like, poor guy, that sucks. That's funny. But he also, once again, never comes out and says, hey, I'm not with her he does I, later but i mean yeah he, he does say it he does tell her look i'm not sleeping with trudy but you can tell that reason he doesn't want to have this argument is he's too angry he's being accused of it in the first place have you ever had yeah. that happen when someone has accused you something of horrible yeah. and you really feel like they're not even going to listen to you you're just too angry at them like mm -hmm. you're accused of stealing something and you're just like how your brain is stuck on how dare you accuse me of this rather mm -hmm. than trying to prove your innocence you're just like i don't even want to talk to you i can't believe you would accuse me of that and you need to calm down before you can have a rational discussion about it so when she immediately starts accusing him of sleeping with trudy even though he doesn't care about her you can see his face he's like i am not even having this conversation with you i can't believe you would say that to me he does the same thing to trudy when trudy accuses him of doing something with celine in the woods while they're gathering water he just walks out of the conversation he's so angry at her He's like, I'm not even going to try and explain to myself to you, you wouldn't understand, and I'm out. But later when he calms down, when Celine comes and she apologizes for accusing him, he does say, I'm not sleeping with Trudy. That's not what I want. Yeah. You know, she's driving me crazy. So yeah, I mean, I know I've been there. I've been accused of things and I didn't admit right away that I didn't do it because I was too angry at being accused in the first place. So yeah, I feel bad for him. I do. <laughs> Spe speaking of the whole... Celine going out with Bray thing. Why didn't anyone bother to tell Trudy that they weren't out there alone? <laughs> that Ryan was with them. Because Ryan is furniture. They forgot Ryan went with him. I, I think it's funny that Lex said that because obviously he was only causing trouble, yeah. you know. And, yeah. And I, that's hilarious. Um, but I do think it's interesting that uh, Zandra doesn't bother to correct him or like clarify what he said no. she watches trudy stomp away angrily and then she, she just they, looks <laughs> they just find it funny i think like even zandra like secretly finds it funny zandra was just very glad that celine was back at hunting prey again that's true it does serve mm -hmm. uh, zandra's best interest if celine is taken with bray because then Lex won't be trying mm -hmm. to chase her. Yeah. But still, Amber could have told Trudy. But Amber didn't know. Do you remember? Trudy comes stomping yeah. into Amber's room saying, is it true what everyone's saying? And Amber's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, about Bray and Celine. She's like, Trudy, they're getting water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, something going on between them. And it doesn't matter. Trudy's already got herself fired up. So, it I mean... Even yeah. saying Ryan is there probably wouldn't even have diffused that, though. You know, Trudy is not in any mood. She's in that spoiled little girl mood right now where it's got to be someone else's fault. 
And everything. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't she just spending, you know, an episode apologizing to Amber and trying to get on Amber's good side? And now she's accusing Amber of a conspiracy to take Bray away. <laughs> Amber's like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh, she's I, crazy. I, I do love that when Trudy says, oh, so you admit he's after it. She's after him. And we're instantly goes, well, it's not hard to spot. You'd have to be Ryan to miss that one. <laughs> you can't you, you can't ignore anything that makes Ryan sound dumb. You do this to me on purpose. <laughs> <I know. laughs> she does this to me on purpose. She wants to set me off. I, you were thinking about this, I bet. You're like, oh, I'm going to say this. It's going to drive Liz crazy. <laughs> no, not even. Yeah, she I was. just have to laugh at how Amber responds with that. <laughs> you have to be Ryan to miss that. I love Ryan, but it's true. Um, he wouldn't yeah. seriously. He wouldn't notice the love triangle unless it fell on him. <laughs> oh, it's just—it's so dramatic. It's too much, and oh my goodness! And I will say, like, I as much as I love Trudy, she is just getting out of hand. Like somebody I really love Trudy though. I I love her. I think she's great, but I'm like, dude, somebody needs to push this girl down a flight of stairs at this point because (laughs) she's ridiculous. Like, nobody ever tells her to chill out. That's Trudy the Moody. (laughs) Like, oh my, I, you know I love her. You know what I do? She's, she's my girl. She's my writer, that girl, but I can admit, man, I wouldn't have tolerated this stuff at all from her. I'm like, somebody has got, I'm going to rip your purple hair out by the roots. I, (laughs) oh my word, there's no way I would tolerate the way she talks to people and the way she treats them and that entitled attitude. I'm like, oh my word. I'm, I felt bad for you. I don't anymore. <laughs> you would have hated me at that age. I'm sure of it. I, I, I didn't like myself at that age. You know what I mean? I didn't like most of my peers at that age. It's a, oh, it's a rough age to be, but she really does take it. Because she, again, like I've always said, you can't control how you feel, but you can control how you act on it. You know what I mean? And Trudy just really is completely careless about how she treats people. And again, I don't think she's ever had to suffer any consequences for how she treats people. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, she was able to play the sympathy card with Bray for months and months and months. And now he, there's no reason for Bray to stay with her. There's no reason Bray has to put up with her. And she's not handling this shift in their dynamic very well. And she's throwing a tantrum. That's the only way she knows how to get what she wants is to throw an emotional tantrum. And it's not working. Bray is not her mother. He's not her father. It's not his job to try and soothe her feathers and help her, you know, navigate the world. He's just a kid too. And if he gets sick of her, he can just leave, you know, and she can't handle that. And she doesn't know how to deal with it. When she starts screaming at him as soon as he comes back with the water and he walks out, you guys see that shift in her personality immediately? Bray, like, where are you going? Like, where do you think he's going? You started screaming at him as soon as he came in. He's sick of your Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love her, but somebody needs to, like, hit her with something really hard. (laughs) Let me recalibrate your brain cells. Oh. No, what I mean is that's how it, that's what it feels like when you're that age. Like my mother used to always say that, like, I'm going to, I'll knock your brains out. I'll, I'll re-scramble them so you start thinking straight again. You know? <laughs> like, I get it. Like, you're, you're, you lose your brain at that age. You don't have it anymore. And it's like, let uh, me knock some sense loose. Girls and hormones. Not just girls. You should see my son. 
He is the security guy, like, and if you put him in charge of the security, and then you bring people in, like, I think it played into the character, and, you know, if there was, even if it's not a perceived threat, like, he's doing what you asked him to do, so you can't get mad at the guy. I think he's got a very, like, he's got a valid point. He does, he definitely has a point. Stop bringing people in. They didn't think Bray was a threat either, and Bray stole from them, even though, like, even though Lex's reasons for not liking Bray were definitely personal, he's he, he has a point. He has a point. Just because Tysan doesn't look like she's could be harmful, we still don't know anything about her. And sure, she brought Chloe home, but um, why wouldn't she bring Chloe home? In this world, like, you know, I, I put myself in the shoes. Like, I don't think I would trust anyone as far as I could throw them until they prove themselves to me. And... Bringing exactly. home Chloe doesn't necessarily constitute a full-fledged relationship and bond that I trust you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you because, I mean, we've seen time and time again, sometimes someone brings you home and they turn out to be a decent person, you know, um, yeah. and then sometimes someone saves your life and then you bring them to your home and they turn out to be one of the worst mistakes you ever made. <laughs> May. Anyway, um... <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I kind of, I don't want to say I feel bad for Lex because I know it's like, oh, it's Hillary. She likes Lex, but like, you make him security. You tell him he's the security guy, and then when he's like, hey guys, this does not feel right. This is not a good situation. Everyone's like, but she brought Chloe home. She's cool. It's all good. Like, no. Can we can we discuss this? I'm seriously, actually, Team Lex for once on this. I know. It's a day for miracles. I know. I'm on Lex's side. <laughs> you know, whenever Lex has a bad feeling about something, 90% of the time yeah. he's usually right yeah. for the entire It is series. true. Thank you. I like him. <laughs> Can we have him on more often? <laughs> like, it's so true. I've said that so many times, and people are like, no. Nah. However. <laughs> Here it comes. Let's not forget that one of the reasons why he is so hostile is because of it threatens to expose the lie about Bluebell with Chloe returning. See, this is Lex's problem. The problem isn't that he's usually wrong about these threats. It's that his reasons for feeling they're a threat are always very suspicious. Like, the only reason he thought Bray was a threat is because Bray was a beautiful boy that everybody liked, and he threatened Lex's position. That's the only reason he didn't trust Bray. It wasn't because he really thought Bray would do anything bad to them. He just, that, and so everyone gets that feel. So, of course, the way he's treating Tysan, like Lance said, his hostility comes from being exposed and he lied about Bluebell, even though everyone kind of already knew. <laughs> he lied about Bluebell. <laughs> everyone kind of knew. Nobody really Just because him. he's, you know, playing at his own game doesn't me- necessarily... When people can tell that your reasons behind something are not sincere, they are not, they're more likely not to trust you. You know what I mean? And so they tend to ignore Lex's suspicions because they always come from some personal motive that has nothing to do with the greater picture. 
So his distrust of Tysan isn't because he really thinks Tysan's a threat. It's because it could expose him. And they can tell. You know what I mean? That's why they're just automatically ignoring him. When maybe they shouldn't. But that's kind of Lex's problem. And it'll happen to him over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The group just is like, yeah, Lex only feels that way because. So we'll just ignore him. Even though he may, he may have a point, but they're just less likely to listen to it because his point is always coming from a a selfish point of view. You know what I mean? Isn't most people's opinions come from a point of view of their own? Like, I I don't mean that. Um, how do I explain it? Okay, okay. like I'm just like yes, he's got an ulterior motive. It's usually, always that way for Lex. So even when Lex has a really good point to make. People tend to ignore the good point he has to make because of who it's coming from. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm not saying that Lex is wrong for not trusting Tyson. And I'm not saying it's fair that he's being ignored despite being in charge of security. I'm simply Mm -hmm. saying that this is where it comes from. They just don't trust Lex to tell the truth about anything. So if he decides that Tyson's a threat, they're looking at him like, really? Why is that, Lex? Why do you think Tyson's a threat? You know what I mean? And so they automatically ignore him. And they're lucky that Tyson wasn't a threat, you know, but that is often the core of Lex's problem and why people don't always listen to him, even when he's right, you know? Because if Amber would have said the same thing, like, okay, so are we sure she's not a threat? Everyone would have instantly listened to Amber and sided with her. Yeah, they would have considered if, if it's because because of who is saying it, Amber's values and her motives are usually quite pure, and she really usually is thinking about everybody. So people have learned to trust her in her point of view. So if Amber said, "I'm concerned about Tyson," the others would have taken notice. They would have been like, "Oh, maybe maybe there is something wrong with her." If Amber's saying it, they must they might. She becomes the moral voice, unfortunately. That's what happens. But he, you know, he is the guy that you're looking to for these decisions by making him head of security. I know that. I, again, Hill, like, I, I don't think it's right they're ignoring him. I'm simply okay. explaining why this happens to Lex. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, that yeah. he, I'm not saying they shouldn't listen to Lex at all. I don't believe that, hun. I don't. I, it oh. sucks, but this is why it happens. I mean, think about it. Later on, when Ebony tells them the truth about something, she warns the group, don't trust this, don't do this, and they don't listen to her. Why aren't they listening to Ebony? Because they've learned not to trust her. Mm-hmm. Because Ebony has screwed them over before in the past. So even when she's telling the truth, mm-hmm. nobody listens to her. You know what I mean? She kind of screwed the pooch. She, she burnt these bridges with people, so they don't listen to her, and they get screwed. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that's what that's mm-hmm. why this happens to Lex. That's all. all right. They should take it more seriously. Amber even admits, yeah. you're right, we should be more careful. But yeah, they do automatically go, uh, okay, Lex, whatever, because you're always trying to protect yourself in the guise of protecting us, and that's why they ignored him. But yeah, she could have been dangerous. Could have been something going on with her. And Amber instantly tells Lex off for questioning Tysands. He goes, well, show some manners. What was it? Oh, we, we could do worse than get invaded by a tribe of spaced out hippies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'd like to see how. <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> <laughs> but 
but if if anything, you can get some amusement out of the fact that Amber is so eager to embrace uh, Tysan, and she is going to change her mind quite <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> like she's all open to listen to everything Tyson has to say, you know, and later on she's gonna be more exasperated with Tyson than Lex could ever be. <laughs> so she's gonna well, get Carmen's gonna get her back, definitely. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing to see, come to think of it. What if we would have had Amber later on in early season two when they found a formula and Tyson wouldn't do what she did? Oh, not sharing the antidote? Not sharing the formula to the antidote. Amber would not have stood for that. Um, I definitely think Amber would have been more concerned about the security risk. Like, what mm -hmm. What if something happens to you, Tysan? She wouldn't, it's not that I don't think she would trust, I don't yeah, think she'd yeah. have a problem with trusting Tysan with the antidote. I think she'd be more concerned of what, what if something happens to you, Tysan? And nobody should be solely in charge of all of our safety that way. Because Amber has said that several yeah. times. You know, um, no one person should be able to make the decision for all of us. Uh, I mean, so that was what wound up happening. So I do think that's what Tyson, I mean, Amber's concern would be. It wouldn't be anything with... Well, that, that's what I mean. But I do think she'd be concerned about nobody else. What if something happens to you, Tyson? Yeah. You know I mean, um, it wouldn't have anything to do with trust. Because, you know, by then Tyson has certainly earned Amber's trust, even though they don't agree on crap. Um, but I also do think Amber would be reasonable about it because no matter yeah. what she disagrees with, she usually is reasonable about it. Uh, yeah. She would have be adam been adamant that someone else knew learned the formula from day one. But she would have also made a good argument about it. She wouldn't yeah. have just whined and complained and stamped her foot. Amber, when she has a point of view, she's still very good at arguing it logically. Yeah. She doesn't just whine until she gets her way she finds ways to convince you why she feels the way she does. So she would have worked with Tysan, and I'm pretty sure she would have convinced Tysan before she got blown up. Exactly. To the antidote. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Man, I didn't realize I'd be defending Amber as much as I do. I, di I didn't realize I'd feel like I'd have to. <laughs> so scary. You're hating on Trudy and on Bray, and you're defending Amber. <laughs> Sabine, I already told you, I am a fair judge of character. No matter how much I like or dislike a character, if they do something crappy, I'm calling them out for their crappiness, no matter how much I love them. And even if I hate a character, they do something right, I'm going to give them credit for it. Yeah. I am an unbiased, objective like person. I, I write these characters. I have to be. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I can't just say everything Trudy does is fine because I love her. Come on. It's not fine. She's awful to people. They have a right to hate her. I can love a character no matter. I mean, Hill loves Lex. Lex has done terrible things. She still loves him. You know, yeah, I know. She, she still care, likes his hey, character. I like other characters too, okay? I didn't mean it that Hell, I didn't mean it that I way. Just, I just needed to throw it out there because I feel like sometimes that we forget that. I'm just saying that you can like a character even when they do terrible mm -hmm. things and you can call them out when they do terrible things. And I not. do call them out. I'm just. That's how Sometimes. I am. So yes, I'm going to hate on Trudy if she's doing hateable stuff. And I'm going to praise Amber if she's doing praiseworthy stuff. Hmm. <laughs> Sabine's just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my goodness. I'm just protective of Trudy, you know. <laughs> I know, and you can be, but it's like, dude, if she's doing something awful, it's okay to say she's doing something awful. Yeah. Yeah, but I I love her being awful. <laughs> We've come together for a purpose. We are a tribe, but we are still lacking something. That something is pride. What's this we are a tribe? Nobody's invited you to join us. And yet I'm here. Perhaps that's why I've come. To restore your pride in one another by giving you a name. Um, okay, yeah. Before we get to the pivotal moment of the episode, um, yeah, what did you think about Tai San's like sudden inclusion into the group? And how she suddenly like starts saying we this and we that and she's just kind of forced her way into everything. Like I mean <laughs> uh... <laughs> I think doesn't even Lex say like since when are you part of the tribe at one point like those are yeah. my thoughts who invited you he's like I don't recall anyone inviting you she's like and yes I'm yeah. here <laughs> yes, and, no, and you know what say. there's the door he's just like I, I wasn't expecting that answer I know like, she just kind of steamrolls in and like yeah I, I'm here I'm with, with this tribe like what um <laughs> It's, that's what I said. It's that, it's that sense of belief, that kind of confidence, that force of nature that, that they've been missing. You know what I mean? Like, Tyson didn't need an invitation. She feels she belongs here. She believes she belongs here. And they're just sort of swept under by that. Like, <laughs> wow, this none of us have seen this kind of passion before. We don't even know what means business. It's a bit mesmerizing to meet someone like that. Someone who, mm. who has that. I mean, that's how cult leaders often... I'm not saying Tyson's a cult leader, but <laughs> no, she totally is. I'm saying that that is a great job of it. I mean, that is how Zoot got people on board. That kind of power and charisma and belief in whatever you're doing and whatever you say that attracts people. They are pulled in by that. You know, like wow, like they're just getting by day to day. None of them believe in anything too much. And here comes this girl with all the confidence and swagger in the world who doesn't even seem to realize a virus happened. You know. <laughs> And she, she's not bothered by anything. She's not concerned. She's not running. She doesn't even seem to care if they take her in. She's just like, I'm here now. So I'm part of your group. And they're just like, wow. <laughs> they don't know what to say in the face of such confidence. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, it can be intoxicating to meet someone like that. Amber even goes, what harm can it do? Yeah, she's swept into it. She's amazed by the things that Tyson says at first. You know, even Amber is just like, I was just talking to Tysan and she was talking about maybe we don't need leaders. Like, whoa, Brady said the same thing to you and you were not on board with that. Yeah. Bray lacked her confidence in that. They got whipped in the face with some patchouli and they stopped seeing sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Tyson just immediately gave them all cups of Kool-Aid and they were like, this is delicious. This is amazing. They're lucky she's harmless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she could have been like Hemlock. Seriously, she could have been Jaffa. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're lucky Tyson was completely harmless. Well, you know, <laughs> because like she came in with a kind of swagger that t people take over tribes. They're lucky she wasn't interested in taking over this tribe. She just wanted a place to crash. That's all she cared about. I, I do think that's how she, uh, how Jaffa was drawn to her. So quickly. Oh yeah. She does have cult leader potential. 
She does. Mm-hmm. It's just good that she doesn't really believe in anything specific. Her beliefs are broad, yeah. you know. Please, let's form a circle. Everyone join hands. What are I going to do? All this for a name? It's more than a name. It's a future. Watching back, did you see that as a pivotal moment of the show? Or was it something you thought was pivotal later on? I guess there is a gravity to it. Like, it is, it's the first time something like this has happened. So you feel that there's a gravity to it. Mm. But I don't think, like, as a dumb kid, I was like, Like, I don't think I felt it as much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Um, My first time watching it, I didn't think it was pivotal at all. I was like, oh, this is cool. They're they're finally coming together. But my second walkthrough, the speech that she said, it it almost kind of makes you want to shed a tear because some tribe members die and some actually go away to the point where, yeah, it is till death that we'll be a tribe. Yeah, I think it's one of those moments, I agree with you guys, that you don't realize how important it is until later. It's it's made more important by everything these kids go through. I mean, I think the important part of it, like, on your first walkthrough is, you know, seeing Trudy and Lex join in and, like, these characters who have distanced themselves do come into the fold. Like, Trudy has very much made it a point that she doesn't want to be in any sort of anything. Like, she wasn't at the trial. Was she at the trial? I don't know. But she has said that she didn't want to be included in things. And then she joins in. That's a good question. Yeah, why did you think Trudy suddenly threw herself into the ceremony when she was right. so distant? For Bray. Bray. Absolutely. <laughs> Just before you even yeah. end that, Bray. And I think, it, I think it's mostly Bray, but I also think even she's aware that her isolation isn't helping her at all. You know what I mean? She hasn't made any allies with anybody. She doesn't trust anybody. You know, um, even the people she thinks are nice she doesn't trust them. She immediately assumes that they would stab her in the back. She just screamed at Amber about this. She just said, all of you are against me. And I don't know what she was thinking about, you know, after that. But being that isolated from everybody, it's got to be lonely. You know, even if it's your own self-imposed isolation. So it's yeah. very possible that she was thinking, you know, one, she's never going to get Bray if she's the girl everybody hates. You know what I mean? And I think also it's a sense of even for her own peace of mind, you know, she hasn't tried to make friends with any of these people and yeah, she doesn't want to be left out, you know, it may be selfishly motivated, but it's what makes us as humans is how we survive. We are meant to be group creatures. We're meant to seek out others and community and you can only be on your own for so long. You need to connect with somebody. And what are her chances on her own if she can't even show up, if she just makes it a point to never be a part of this group? What's to stop them from just kicking her out? You know what I mean? She's made zero effort. And I think she had a moment to think about that. Yeah, she you know? probably figured that out. Because yeah. she wasn't making any friends. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And if she's convinced that everybody, including Amber, is against her, and then she'd have to ask herself, why? Why would they all hate me? Why would they all be against me? You know, and this is the first effort to say, no, I'm a part of the group too. I don't want to be the one who's singled out, you know. And then, of course, later she apologizes to Amber for even accusing her of that. Again, don't know how sincere it was. But, yeah, I think it's definitely both Bray and that sense of, I don't want to be on my own anymore. I don't want to be the person everybody freaking hates. <laughs> it's like 999 
9% Bray and light. Oh, and, and the fact that Amber usually told her earlier that she has to put in more effort to be likable for Bray. First by being a better mom, but also by contributing, being a part of the, being part of the group. Because at this point, Bray has accepted his part in being in the tribe, you know, and even though he and Lex still butt heads, they respect each other's position, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so if Bray is getting at home with the tribe and finding his place, that must make Trudy feel even more isolated because at yeah. least before they were a team, it was the two of them mm -hmm. on the outs. Now Bray isn't, and she definitely is still on the outs. Yeah, it, you can't, you know, how are you going to fix that if you don't ever try to reach out to these people? And of course, she gets a little dig by stopping Celine from holding his hand. <laughs> you're not rid of me. You're not rid of me yet, Celine. <laughs> I'm not out of this game yet. <laughs> I do think it's a beautiful moment, though. And I, I felt like Carlin um, watching it today. Like I felt a little misty. Like, oh my gosh, this is where it began, you know. And thinking of everything they've gone through, and how many people we've lost, and how they've still remained the mall rats through everything, and. It is more than a name. It really I is. Mean, yeah. I think that's also why even in the, you know, continuing seasons, like that scene is used in the credits, like, or the end credits at least. Like, it is still there as a reminder. Like, we could have fallen apart, but we are together. Like how you said that. Like, it is. Yep, yep. It does become more yep. than what it is. They finally got the missing element of their society and... Mm -hmm. They're solidified finally. Cohesion, cohesion. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really yeah. beautiful, and I'll never, I'll never not be happy seeing the Marats standing in a circle, holding hands by the fountain. Always, I'll always love it, and I think that whole scene is just fantastic. I love the long take, okay. the shots. Um, it's just a discussion over a name. They're just throwing out names. How about the dolphins? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, kid. <laughs> uh, it would be a different show, though. It's not that bad of a name. <laughs> really? Would you want to be in a tribe called the Dolphins? <laughs> like, could you see Lex wait, running wait, around? Listen. Like, oh yeah, with the Dolphins. <laughs> like, no! Get out of here. Let, let me tell you, in the 90s, everybody wanted to be a Dolphin. Dan Marino was... No. <laughs> They're no. fierce, but yeah, I have trouble seeing Lex ever agreeing to be a dolphin. Yeah, like, hi guys. Lex is a dolphin. Me. Like, no. <laughs> like, and I mean, I was 90s girl Lisa Frank dolphin planner, and I wouldn't even want to be in a tribe called the Dolphins. <laughs> and then, of course, you have, you know, the alarm going off, they got their answer, and they know, because just before that, Dal had been saying, you can tell Lex that we don't know if the alarm's going to work. And then Bob and then took care worked. of it. Because Bob is, like, the secret superhero of the show. Right. Like, I'll go take care of the alarm. I'll go make sure it's working. Bob <laughs> is the glue that holds the tribe together. <laughs> Are we sure Bob isn't tribe master? I've thought that before. I've no, thought he that. He's a bit of a lazy dog. <laughs> no, too. he's not lazy. He's conserving his energy. He I'm knows what's up. Thing. I'm like, Bob's conserving <laughs> energy so that he, he can use it when it matters. Exactly. <laughs> Bob knows what's up. But I have thought that Bob was tribe master. I'm not going to lie. And then, of course, Tyson, she jumps right on that. See, that's a sign of hope. No, it was a coincidence, Tyson. That's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear that, like when I'm watching the show, I'm like, sit your butt down. Like, shut up. 
but hey, it worked, you know, because for a moment they were all scared. Then the alarm went off, but at least they knew it did work. And all the boys went down together. You know, Bray's like, I got your back, Lex. You know what Lex I mean? is like two by four. That's a huge moment. Like that, that's like the one of the first moments where these two completely put their differences aside. You know, and Bray's telling him, I'm right behind you. I've got your back. And, you know, Lex actually Holding. trusts him to have his back, you know, and it's the first time you see all the boys together protecting the tribe. Mm. It's really cool, you know, and it's just Bob. Yay. It's just Bob. And, it's just Bob. You know, we're safe. And it's like, that was, that was clever, Tyson. Use that relief. And everybody yeah. bought to it. They're like, yeah, we feel good, man. Our alarm works. We weren't being attacked. Let's do the more rats. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the more. With Lexus and King <laughs> Hey, it works. That leads us on to the big party moment. Um, <laughs> where everyone is dancing with glow sticks and having a good time. Uh, yeah, yeah, what did you think about the party? <laughs> I, I wanted that to be like, hey guys, we're going to roll in like 10 minutes. Just, you know, have at it. Have fun. We'll yell cut in a bit. Just kind of just do your own thing. It'll be great. Like, it's one of those moments that I love because... Are they acting? Are they not acting? I'm confused. It's a really loose scene and well handled. Yeah. It feels like, especially the camera work, you'll notice it's just one oh, long yeah. take of the camera zooming in and out and following the kids as exactly. they move around the floor. And it's, it has a really nice natural feel to it. Like you literally just came upon a bunch of little kids who this is oh, their idea of a party, you know? And, and, and how- Jack with the the airplane thingies like that direct the planes yeah i love that <laughs> like of course this would be so fun for them i mean how right? often do kids get to listen to music anyway they always have to be afraid of making any noise and they're getting to use the glow sticks for fun which usually you would preserve those things for you know an emergency and that that freaking club music yes. is great i want to dance to that it's good it's a good party I think it's super cute. I want to get. I want to jump in and dance with them. And there's just a lot of adorable dynamics happening, yeah. and it's um, fun watching like all the little clusters of like what they're doing. Chloe's got the fairy wings. <laughs> they're so yeah. cute. They're just I love the fairy wings. This is a kid's idea of a party, and they're having yeah. fun. I'm like, oh, this is adorable. I love this. I want to come to this party. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clearly, Sandra helped people have a sense of patience. Which is interesting, because Sandra didn't dress up for one. No, she didn't. She was like, I look she, good. I always look good. Yeah, she was like, I got it. She had that, like, Capulet thing on. She looked good. She mm-hmm. knew it. It's, it's a cool moment. It's like a real party that they're finally getting to have. And uh, yeah. it's awesome. I really hey, do love it. I like the parties. Those are always my favorite. And yeah, I do agree. I think they may have just said we're going to roll and yeah. few, there's only a couple things we need to happen and we'll just let them happen organically. Yeah, well, the, the, like, the conversation was a close-up and everything. So like the wives were probably just like, go at it, kids. Have fun. Yeah, I mean, looking back at that scene now, like, w- was it not like the biggest security risk you could ever do by having this thumping music play in the morning. Totally. Like, yeah, here we are. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've mentioned it several times so far. Like, crying will be a security risk. Then they have Salim playing a friggin' piano. So, you might as well just say, okay, we're here. Like, here's open my thing, though. <laughs> no. Okay, so as someone who worked in a mall, like, we talk about the sound of a mall, and... 
I I clerked in a mall. I worked in a mall, and I I used to get our sound system up pretty loud. And for the most part, like if you were in one of the shops, like you couldn't hear what was going on in other shops. Like yeah. there are parts that, like I don't think people would necessarily hear it outside. Like maybe if you went into the sewers, yeah, you would know that there was someone here. But at that point, you're pretty much screwed, anyways. But remember, you got, you got there's less ambient noise. You've got less people around. You you've got you can hear footsteps. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, everything yeah. is louder. You got less I mean, person. yeah, you could hear them coming in and stuff, but I don't think it's necessarily a threat going out. Oh, I, I don't just view it as a threat. It's more that they made this big fuss over not wanting Brady there because she would make a lot of noise and that would attract the locos. And then mm. they just up their noise level and disregard that. I think that's the point, though. What have we seen these kids do from the moment we met them? Ever since these kids have met, they have literally, all they've been afraid of is getting caught, being found by the locos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't make this kind of noise. Don't do this. Everybody has lived in fear this whole time. And this is the first time we see them as a group unconcerned. They've figured out an alarm yeah. system. There's a sense of security and safety. You know, we are, we are progressing as a group. We're figuring this out. We know how to get ourselves food. We know how to get ourselves water. We know how to keep ourselves safe now. You know what I mean? And, and we have a name. We have a purpose to existing. And they're just, they don't care right now. Yeah. And it's actually really beautiful. In this moment, they are unafraid of anything. And they're just having a good time. Nobody's worried about the the bass being heard out in the street, which it might be or might not, but nobody cares right now. They're just happy, you know, and not feeling scared. And that's the first time we ever see them as a collective group feeling this way at the same time. Nobody's worried. Not even Lex. He feels safe. I got an alarm. You know what I mean? We got this figured out. Just relax and breathe. Like, they've come together because, like, if someone were to come to the mall, they're all, like, on the same page and they're all together. They're a tribe. Like, mm-hmm. who cares? Like you said, Liz. You know, we got this. You know, we got this. Right. We're getting somewhere. You're not rat or dies. Yeah, you know? Really? That feeling of, like, <laughs> yeah. like, I said, cohesion, you know? Tyson does bring that to them. And they're all feeling it. They're all on the high of it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, we can do anything. We're going to survive. This is amazing. <laughs> I mean, think about Trudy's not even worried about the baby waking up. Nobody cares. Everybody's not yeah, right? <laughs> That's actually the more, like, the actual threat is of the baby waking up. It's honest. <laughs> even like, like, That's nice. I like that. I like that base. I can sleep through this. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe that's why she couldn't sleep. It was too damn quiet. Brady <laughs> likes the base. Because, you know, tomorrow they'll have to go back to worrying. About yeah. basic survival. But right now, we're a group. We're a tribe. You know, we matter. Let's have a f- let's have fun. We're figuring it all out. That's something to celebrate. And speaking of celebrating, that leads us to the juicy moment, the final cliffhanger, where we see Bray and Celine kiss. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts? What was your immediate reaction? <laughs> I wanted to slap her face. I mean... <laughs> As a kid, I was like, ew, they're kissing. Why are they doing that? That's gross. It it still makes me cringe. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not gonna lie. I haven't gotten over that. I can't I can't judge them because oh it's happened to me so many times. I'm totally not interested in your boyfriend, Tammy. (laughs) 
<laughs> you start fucking face. It wasn't supposed to happen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't judge him. I can't. I can't. I get it. Um, I understand how it happens. Neither one of them were looking for it. You know what I mean? I do believe that Celine was sincere when she wanted to simply apologize. I believe she was sincere. When she told Trudy, I'm not trying to get involved with you guys. I believe Bray was sincere when he's like, I'm not interested in her. And then suddenly you just have this moment where everybody's on a high. Everyone's feeling good. And Celine's really easy. And she's a beautiful young woman. And she's been nothing but nice to him. And and for this one moment. And he he just gives her this friendly little kiss. Just for a moment. Forgetting himself. And then it was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That felt good. (laughs) That felt good. I'm going in for that again. And and yeah you know that simple comfort of making out with somebody without anything else to worry about you know um i don't think either of them planned it i don't believe it's what either of them were going for and then it just happened and then they're and like we'll oh, consequences consequences in the morning yeah you're just all in that moment yeah. in that moment and it's just it felt good for a split second until reality comes crashing down in the form of trudy's quivering lip <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I love the way her lip gets like that when she's angry. <laughs> right. She's just trembling with rage. I felt so bad for her. I did too. That no. sucks. No. For that split second, she was feeling good too. And she was choosing to believe, you know, Bray. And that's really confusing. I would be very angry if I was her. I would have been very confused. Like, both of you told me that I was, you know overreacting and then i was imagining things and now i found you kissing you know you gaslit me and uh, mm-hmm. that's how i'd feel about them you know i wouldn't believe them if they said it was an accident i'd be like oh really oh really i don't believe you for a second <laughs> but i do think it was an accident i, guess. <laughs> I think emotions got the best of them but still like but still it was just plain me to tell true you weren't gonna do anything about Bray. And then you do. I like I said. I think that that was the intention. I don't, I don't believe yeah. for a second that she was actually planning on doing anything about Bray. You know, she was going to take it on the chin. He doesn't like her. Fine. You know what I mean. She just wanted a straight answer from him, and then she felt bad for cornering him and accusing him. And she was just trying to make peace with him because that's Celine. Mm-hmm. You know, Celine's not the most. I mean, she can be vindictive, but I don't believe she was being in any way. And I do believe Bray was being sincere as well. He even says he's not looking for that kind of complication in his life. You know, he's just trying to get by and live. And just for a second, there's just, just for a second, they were a pretty girl and a beautiful boy. You know, <laughs> nothing else to get in the way. And I just, the moment Celine says those words, I don't want a baby either. All I've ever wanted is to feel I belong somewhere. And all I'm thinking is, but you're trying to take Brady from Trudy every chance you get. And I don't think it's because she wants a baby. Um, again, we discussed that this is kind of in Celine's nature to be that nurturing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I don't think Celine wants a baby. I think she can accept a baby, especially if she thought it was Bray's. You know what I mean? But I don't think she would go out and get herself a baby. She doesn't want She wants to way. collect all the kids. She just wants yeah. to take care of those. Uh, you can feel that way and not want a child of your own. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but she, she does mention 
how lucky Trudy is and how adorable the baby is. And well, that's because she, she, that doesn't mean she wants the baby. You know what I mean? Zondra says the same thing. You're so lucky. Zondra doesn't want a baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can love animals and not want to have pets. You know what I mean? Um, you can feel this way and still not want it personally for yourself. You can think marriage is beautiful, but not want to get married. And I don't think Celine's trying to steal the baby. No. And I don't think she's being disingenuous to Trudy, you know? Um, and I, I kind of wonder what would have happened if Trudy hadn't caught them kissing. I wonder if these two would have realized on their own that it was wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, their kiss is interrupted. This moment of forgetting themselves is interrupted because Trudy sees them. And there's that immediately regret. But I'm curious what would have happened if Trudy hadn't caught them kissing and they got to finish their kiss. What would they have felt without the instant regret of having yeah. betrayed somebody? Like, what, what would their thought process have been then? Would there have been guilt? Or would it have been like, ah, I like that. Can we do it again? Or would it have been like, we shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I'm curious as to what would have happened. I'm also kind of curious as to what would have happened if it hadn't been Trudy that saw this, but Amber. Yeah, that's an interesting one, too. How Because we know later Amber does not like finding out <laughs> Celine kissed Brian. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's having a harder and harder time uh, staying indifferent to the situation. Um, like, I, mean, I wonder what Gray's response would have been if he suddenly noticed Amber seeing them instead. Yeah, because uh, his inkling, his interest in Amber is really just starting mm -hmm. to take hold, but again, he's putting it on the back burner. Um, so... It's one thing for Trudy to see him. He's not interested in Trudy. He just doesn't want to hurt her. But he doesn't want Trudy. So it's one thing for Trudy to see him. He just feels bad about her hurt feelings. But if the girl he actually really does like saw him, what would his reaction be like then? That is I interesting. Would love to see that. If only they'd been caught by, by like Ryan, he wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> he would see him. He'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> he would go about his business. And he probably and did to Zandra, who would blab it to everyone. Oh, Zandra would have accidentally got it out of him. <laughs> Ryan would not want to tell anybody anything. And then she would have known he has something on his mind. And then she would have tried it out of him. And, <laughs> and Zandra would have had a field day. Or Ryan would have been more like, he would have innocently said, I thought Bray was with Trudy, but then I saw him with Celine. You know what I mean? Like just innocent musing on Ryan's part. Yeah. And Zondra would have been like, um, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Back the F up. I do like the way Zondra has been pushing for Celine to chase Bray. To, you know, and it makes me, it brings her friendship into question because the last time she was giving Celine advice on Bray, it seemed like she was just really being a friend. It was a really nice moment between the girls. But now it's definitely motivated by wanting Celine as no competition for Lex. So mm -hmm. go get yourself another man. Because <laughs> Celine even calls her out on it. Celine's like, didn't you tell me he's not worth it? You know, and I should just cut my losses and... And she's like, yeah, but I mean, all guys are that way. So go for it anyway. Let's <laughs> <laughs> didn't try to push Celine on Ryan. That is interesting. But then again, we'll see later that um, Zandra's not thrilled by Ryan's attention being on Zandra, uh, Celine either. 
Yeah, maybe she just didn't want to share his attention. Yeah. Because, you know, they're kind of like a tribe before the tribe, yeah. so. Any other final thoughts about the episode? Good episode, A+. Plus. I think we covered that. Yeah, one of my favorites. It's a beautiful one. I really do That's love seeing one. the group come together. These these moments, again, It's remember it's like when they were all cheering on Trudy to give birth to Brady. And we were saying how it was a taste of seeing what they could be, you know? Um, yeah. This is one of those episodes where it's like you can see the potential. You can see what they can be at their best. And just small things like the you know the alarm going off and seeing Bray right next to Lax. No matter how many differences these boys have, Bray is on board with this tribe now. You know what I mean? He, may, he doesn't have to like Lax to follow him into battle. You know, there's not even a question. There's no fuss. The boys just immediately do it. There's no argument about what needs to be done. Lex is in charge of safety. Follow him. We follow him down to the bowels of the fight. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, something really beautiful about seeing them all together like this. Trudy coming down to join the circle, you know, making that step. We're a group, you know, we're going forward like this. And so it's always going to have a special place in my heart this episode. It's like, ah, oh, the tribe is complete. I agree. Uh, oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a very classic episode for me as well. Just, uh, Especially since Tizan is officially in the group now. It's like, oh, that's what we were waiting for. <laughs> yeah, we needed the hippie space for that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So yeah, that brings episode 15 to a close. Thank you to all the panel, Liz, Hill and Sabine, and to our guest panel member, Carlin. And we'll see you next time for episode 16. So until then, bye. 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 Later days.